From magazines to the marketplace, the story of Phil Raby. Brought to you by NineWorks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community, supported by the NineWorks Marketplace. NineWorks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast, hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks and Max Newman. NineWorks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the NineWorks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Yes, that was the three liter RSR. This is Nine Works Radio. Welcome, Max Newman and Andy Brooks. Good Morning. day. Good day. <laughs> how are we? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. How are you guys? What's what's new in your Porsche world? Ironically, air cooled still for me. That's still my new thing. Even though it's the old thing, it's the new thing. It's yeah, the I new mean. thing for you. What you have you turned, Max? Have you turned? Because yeah, thinking about it, you've never really the only thing I can think that you've really wanted is a 993 nothing yeah. earlier have i sort of heard you sort of wispily wistfully talk about yeah what's changed i don't know if i've turned or not you know my air cooled exposure has been limited i suppose over the years yeah uh having not owned, owned one but um i think it's just uh it's just moved the dial slightly uh you know i try not to you know i i always refer to my slight dislike of the first of this and last of that obsession that people have so um it's just sort of broadened my horizon of 911s and i tend not to to think you know what the what the air or the liquid or the shake with the headlights is or that kind of thing yeah it's just uh yeah i've just been exposed to some really nice examples of some earlier cars maybe that's the difference between the you know, a couple of sheds that I've driven in the past. Yeah. Um, and it's really, uh, but also maybe con- contextually, it's my regular exposure to some newer cars, like the 991 and the Macan. So when you then drive older cars, you know, there's a greater contrast. So probably a whole combination of things. But um, but yeah, at the moment, I'm just, uh, yeah, thinking about uh, thinking about older cars all the time and thinking how much I'd like to add one. Not that I can. I'd probably have to give another car up. But um, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's on, that's Mandy's it's on my BMW, mind. isn't it? Mandy's BMW, that's got to go. <laughs> Don't tell Unfortunately, her. <laughs> lovely, lovely as that car is, it doesn't fund. Uh, it doesn't fund, fund an old. It doesn't fund an old nine eleven. Not by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> not even the one you don't want anymore. I don't think. Yeah. No. No. The thing is, it's it's not that there are bad nine eleven models out there. It's just that there are different ones to suit different people and different lifestyles. And it might at just be different well, times of their life. Yeah, maybe. yeah. What well, yeah. Max, Max, <laughs> Max and I had this very conversation on the phone in the week, actually. And and Max, you made the point, which I thought was really valid, where you said, you know, I just feel like maybe yeah, things are changing in in perhaps my lifestyle, whereby previously absolutely couldn't couldn't contemplate room for an air cool car in my lifestyle. Whereas now, different scenario maybe you know different uses of the car well actually that could work so it's that's i think max what you were saying is the reason it's come back on your radar because actually it's kind of doable from from that lifestyle point of view now whereas perhaps previously it wasn't yeah 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 absolutely absolutely so um yeah it just uh adds another thing in the pot 
I've never done so, so many. Well, I say that I've never done so many fantasy garages. Uh, obviously, I do them every day. But I, I have I have tweaked my uh, my current five car fantasy garage in the light of my recent experience, uh, which is quite significant actually, because there've been some stalwarts in my fantasy garage for quite a few years now. Um, and obviously, part of the premise of a fantasy garage is that you haven't always driven this stuff, or likelihood you haven't. Yeah. So when you actually get the chance to drive some of these other cars, it does um it does have an effect on that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, what? Which car was booted off the fantasy garage driveway? Well, uh, I have to admit, Andy, it was the nine nine three. Oh, <laughs> that's right, Max. You can borrow mine. Well, no yeah, problem. yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I, 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 I tell you what, actually, having having had that air cooled experience at the weekend, I'm you know I'm now um I'm now really keen, actually, more keen than I was anyway to drive both of your cars absolutely um you know because i haven't driven either of your cars probably been keeping me away from them fair enough uh but but yeah you know as i was driving the 993 i drove recently i thought oh, i'd love to just jump into lee's car now and just get that immediate you know step from one to t'other that'd be really interesting Ooh, so yeah that's um, a good idea uh so yeah yeah, yeah we do need to do that obviously lee you've driven have you driven both of my cars did you drive my 907 when we were with kyle that day I I, I don't think I did. did. I no, think did. no. Um, but you've certainly driven the nine nine one. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, yeah. Andy, you should put your slippers on, you know, along with your dressing gown there, and <laughs> and have a little cruise about in the nine nine one. Yeah, I'd love it. Like that. Like it. Wait, I'm yeah, we should do that. Maybe... Nine, I'm not sure I've driven a nine nine one. I must have done it. Some... No, I have. Yes. Yeah, because any yeah. you you seem to like a, avoid all of like the everyday models of a generation and just skip oh, yeah, straight yeah. to GT a blue chip only. He's GT only. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like, oh, it was an R. I was going to say, I oh, knew yeah. it would be an R as well. You know, if you've driven an R, no, well, oh, only an R. Yeah. Only like one of the best 911s ever made. Uh, ever made. And and that uh, car, by the way, is creeping right back under the radar again. Yeah. yeah I think we could talk about this in, in, in greater depth in another pod. I know I'd love to do a video on it for Nine Works TV, but yeah, where we've kind of been spoiled by all these lovely new models of the last five years, I yeah. think everybody has forgotten just how bloody good it is. the 911 yeah. R is from 2016. Fantastic 911. Yeah. 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 Cracking. Should we, should we do some news? I know we've got, um, we've got guests plural on today. Yes. I've down to uh, Philip Raby. So we're looking forward to diving into to Phil and Will's story while we're on the monosyllabic hype. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we have got some, some newsy bits. First of all, we've also got the return of our popular confessions. And again, as we said in the last episode, we'd like to hear more of your confessions. So please email us hello at nineworks.co.uk with your confessions, but we'll have one of them. Uh, we've got a gem of the week. And some other bits and pieces as well, I think, this episode. I, I do want to mention, guys, if it's okay, the new Near Me feature on the Nine yes. website. I'm not, not sure. It, well, Andy, I know you've seen it because you've had real input onto it. So thank you for that. But um, yeah, so the, the Near Me website, if you've not seen it yet, hit up nineworks.co.uk. Go on the Near Me tab, obviously. Bang in your postcode or, or location, whatever. And then you've got a load of um, tick boxes of different types of businesses. They're all ticked to begin with, so you can see what's around you. You can untick the ones you don't want, leaving in just, yeah, the ones that you do. And it's a great way to find new businesses in your area, or certainly where you are if you're on a road trip, that you might not have heard of before or might not know of or might not have any relationship with. So it's a great way to expand your Porsche horizons 
And as I say, we've got every type of business covered on there. Classic specialists, restorers, engine gearbox rebuilders, detailers, absolutely everything to further you and your Porsche lifestyle is on there. So go and check it out. It's a really useful resource and a really good way to connect you with new people around the industry that you might not know of before. So go and check it out. What um, what should people do if they've, you know, they've got a local independent that they use and they think, oh, they're good guys. Oh, should that's a great. Email it to you. Yes. So there is um, at the bottom of that near me page, it says got a business and want to list on our interactive search port uh, tool, contact us. So the, if you're the, if you're the business yourself or you'd like to refer someone, yeah, just hit that, fill out the little form um, and we'll get it on there. It's it's complimentary. So we want to get as many people on there as possible. I mean, there is uh, quite literally hundreds on there currently. Uh, UK oriented for now. We'd love to get more international businesses on there. So if you're listening to this outside the UK, we would love to hear from you. And we want to just build up this really good interactive map of every single Porsche business on planet Earth to the advantage of absolutely every enthusiast on planet Earth. Yeah. Make it a good resource to come back, come back to and find who you need. Yes, definitely. We've also got another feature launching on the website soon. It's currently in development um, and it's a interactive calendar. So we all know what it's like. You think, oh, I've got a free Sunday morning. I'd love to go to an event, but what's on? Well, this is going to tell you everything that's on absolutely everywhere in the UK and outside. It will rely on the community to update it. So if you've got a show, an event, cars and coffee, whatever it is, you can uh, upload that to the website put a link for tickets if tickets are required or whatever and it's a great way again to connect people so that will be going live very very soon one of the beauties of the nine works collective is that we've got we've got guy on there geez geez he's all over the event and show scene isn't he so we can rely on on guy <laughs> to on make sure input. that that's up to date yeah He'll probably get yeah. a little picture of his little head on there like anything that he likes to look of <laughs> maybe maybe guys should just like share his calendar to the site <laughs> and then and then that'll be it and then we could even like have a new feature on like where's guy and like you say we just have like a head and shoulder shot of him above his gt3 rothmans yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> on tracking around the, the country <laughs> where yeah, yeah, yeah yeah where's guy live yeah. tracking <laughs> <laughs> that would be great that would be great because yeah the party's always wherever guys at so it is <laughs> yeah fantastic absolutely fantastic Excellent. is um is our are our guests on that um map near me yes phil and phil raby is on there definitely Excellent. definitely so that's a fantastic segue andy i know i know fantastic I was, that's segue. what i was going for you've been doing this too long <laughs> Yeah, but uh, uh, we say actually on on the conversation, it's always really great to visit those guys because they're in such a beautiful part of the world down there. Yeah, um, so, away, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly that, exactly that. So just on the on the the cusp of Goodwood, really, there are some fantastic roads around, some lovely places to eat um, as well. So you can make a day of it if uh, if you need to take your significant other. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yes, so it was, as I say, lovely to pop along to Phil and Will at Philip Raby this week. So we'll, we'll put that conversation on now and see what you think. Philip and Will, how are Hi, you? Um, yeah, good, thank good, you. Thanks. Excellent, excellent. I've been looking forward to this chat for ages now. It's excellent to be here at Philip Raby Porsche. We've got some, we're overlooking the showroom with some lovely cars there looking resplendent. 
not just Porsche as well, I might add. No, yeah, there is a couple of... There's a rather strange Ultima. I drove to Tesco's the other day um, <laughs> to get some fuel, and it, it, you do get quite quite the look <laughs> when you're climbing, and you do have to literally climb, stand on the seat to get out of it. Um, you do You do get... Yeah, a bit of attention for sure. It, it slightly moves away from the what Porsche's mantra of being the everyday, the everyday sports, sports car. car yeah, yeah. It's not the everyday sports car. You know, if you hit a pothole, it's game over. So <laughs> I, was, I was on the road. Well, it's it's good to see that, uh, particularly uh, Phil, you're staying true to your Porsche roots. I, I know you've deviated kind of prior to, to to Porsche there, but yeah, like it's it's predominantly Porsche here um, at Philip Raby. So it's really nice to see and. Yeah, what I love about this place, and I'll say to you guys as well, away from the mics, is there's a lot of variety here, like a, a lot of variety. Like the breadth of the, of the cars that you take in, I think, is quite wide. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. You know, so, I mean, from a from a dealer point of view, <clears throat> that must make it a nice place to come to work because there's so, there's so much here. Yeah, I mean, well, every day is different. That's that, you know, I wasn't expecting to drive an Ultima um, anytime soon, and suddenly... Uh, lovely guy called Barry turned up with an ultimate he wants us to sell um yeah no there is a, a, a quite a wide variety and I think as you'll probably touch on a bit it sort of ranges from higher end GT3 and and some some restored classics you know down to your your 996s and your 997s but but we make sure that they're really good examples of um those sort of things so yeah get to drive a lot of different cars there's a Supra out there too a, a an original English Supra, which is quite a rare car now. Very cool. Um, I think that's going to be going over to Belgium, uh, hopefully soon. And yeah, you know, it's, it's quite quite exciting getting to drive. It looks a minter as well. We've, we've spoken on the podcast before. I'm a big fan of Mark IV Supras. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, like um, a, a childhood indulgence, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of sad that it's leaving this country, really. But that, that does yeah, look we're not, mint. We're not, we're not doing it the country justice by doing that. But no, it is, <laughs> it is, it is a very, very nice example and we, we we compared it actually because obviously you know porsche is what we really know it, it's similar sort of age to, to the 968 and you get in the supra and compare it to a 968 and it feels you wouldn't believe they're from the same you know the supra is a better car in nearly every way yeah you know, yeah it's, it's it's not you know it's not hasn't probably got the handling but in terms of modern you know, it, it, it does feel significantly more modern inside. Wowzers, yeah, okay. Might, might have to check that out once we stop rolling on the mic. Yeah, have a look, sounds have good. A look. It does sound good. Uh, Phil, as well, I, I have to say, people on this podcast will know I edit Total 911 magazine, have done for 11 years now, but um, I would have never had the opportunity to, to do that, which has ultimately led to wonderful occasions like this. With, without you, really, and, and starting the magazine, you're quite literally the father of Total 911. Gosh, I guess I am. I'm, first of all, I'm really pleased that you're looking after it now because you're doing a great job. And it's nice to see the magazine is still going from strength to, to strength. Amazing. As, as one or two others have fallen by the wayside. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I go back many years with Porsches. In fact, I did bring along, it doesn't work well on a podcast, issue two of 911 Porsche World. <laughs> Look at that. Which precedes my time with the magazine. But back then, in 1990, if you were interested in something, you would go and buy a magazine. You wouldn't go online and Google it. Um, and I was into Porsches. I was probably, well, certainly younger than you are now, Lee. And um, <laughs> I'd go pop toodle down to, to the newsagent and pick up that. It came out once a quarter. Um, and it's a lovely magazine. And I was working in magazine publishing at the time. And I actually wrote a letter, no emails, <laughs> to Clive, the editor. And he wrote back to me saying, yeah, come and meet up and we'll have a chat. Um, and I ended up writing articles for Clive. And then he asked me to start up an MG magazine, 
which ran alongside Nylon and Porsche World. Uh, I was editor of MG World and associate editor of 911 and Porsche World. So how, how quickly did that happen then, Phil? So from, from the moment you wrote the letter, and, it, and we, to clarify, it's Clive at CH Publishing, as it yes, was. Yes, it is, yes. Yeah. And um, so, yes, you started MG Magazine. Starting a magazine is no mean fiat, by the way. So big, big congrats on that. So how quickly did you go from or go to that while being associate editor of 911 and Porsche World? Well, first of all, I started just writing the odd article for 911 uh, Porsche World magazine. Yeah. Um, I think the first one I wrote was an article on how to update a 944 into a 968. <laughs> Amazing. It was a company that sold a body kit. Yeah. Which, looking back, sounds quite horrendous. But um, <laughs> uh, I also wrote an article on a company that made 924 convertibles. Ooh, okay. Yeah. That's the sort of thing that if we saw come in today, we'd, we'd probably refuse to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> and quite rightly, too. Um, <laughs> But uh, Clive is a really, really nice man, and he he said he gave me a chance, got me writing articles for the magazine, um, and at the time I was involved in photography magazines, so I could put a magazine together. Yeah. And Clive came to me and said, "Look, I'm starting this new magazine, MG World. Could you do it?" Um, and alongside that, I was doing 911 and Porsche World. There's a guy called Chris Horton was the editor back then. Uh, I worked very closely with him as, as associate associate editor. Um, and that went on for quite a while, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. Really nice people to work with. It's, it's a different crowd, obviously, between Porsche and MG. So, from from your kind of side or point of view as a journalist, how did they differ? I always remember Clive once saying we're, we're at an MG show, and he said the difference between MG owners and Porsche owners. Are, um, Porsche owners are just normal people with a bit of money. MG owners aren't. <laughs> Possibly a bit harsh to the MG owners. <laughs> Um, but they, 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 it was very hard to get them to open the wallets to buy a magazine. Yeah. So, and again, it, it's it's great that we're sitting at Phil Raby today as a Porsche specialist, but there's something unique at this premises that just factually cannot be replicated anywhere else. And, and that, Phil, is your knowledge of the subject, having been a journalist specialising in the subject for so many years. Like that is That is super special. Well, it's very good of you to say, Lee. I mean, to be honest, you probably know just as much, if not more, than I do these days. Um, and Will here... He's, 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 he's he, fading over there. He's... <laughs> <laughs> and Will here, he, he also knows a hell of a lot about the cars too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess over the years, I've written about all sorts of Porsches, magazine articles and books. Um, I mean, um, what... Sorry to interrupt, what, Phil, you really... Uh, it's, it's the really strange... You get a customer come in. I can't remember what it was. It was a strange fact the other day about uh, one of the early 911s, and I'm not going to remember what it is now. But but they came in and had a question, um, and and Phil just knew the answer straight away. Oh no, that's what it was about. It was about the slats on the uh, flat nose turbo. Oh okay, um, yeah. What? How many we, of them we, that there are? Or? Well, no, we had a customer that, that had one fall off on the motorway. Got in touch and said, "Look, any idea? I can't find these anywhere for love nor money. You know, can I get one made? That sort of thing." And Phil Strayway comes out with, you know, well, well, they're made of wood. So, you know, and, and it's like, you know, to, that, that's nothing that I, I don't know about you, Lee, but I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's the sort of thing that you get from years of dealing with the cars over a really long time. You know, I probably much like you have learned a lot about the cars and you can learn about the older stuff too. Um, so I, I do know, you know, a fair amount about them, but not um, in the same way Phil does because you sort of have a bit of a, 
um it's like an underlying it's just that yeah it's, it's the really rogue facts that phil comes out with sometimes like how on <laughs> earth do you do you know that <laughs> at what point did you find out those slaps are made of wood you know it's it's but they don't, they don't appear to be wooden well I'm, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm always learning new things i mean i was watching a video by somebody the other week and i found out that the tetronic gearbox has got two reverse gears oh that might be my video absolutely yeah yes. <laughs> well look, uh, again i, I think yeah it, if all three of us maybe went on mastermind, maybe Paul should be the specialist subject. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, again, I think what I've found in in doing the magazine is you have to specialise in something. That's that's your expertise, and it's mm-hmm. kind of just like pick your horse, basically. So, from my point of view, I know a little bit about Porsche. There's there's, there's a lot I don't, but I know nothing about all other brands. I have oh, to say, yeah, you know, too. and that's just because over the year you you kind of you mm. hone your your knowledge and your your expertise which you know phil again through the magazine that's something you absolutely would have had to do and then latterly mm, will yeah, y- yourself yeah. as well you know um but but again i think what's what's interesting phil is 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 that magazine and that journalistic angle so a long time before you were in the motor trade your specialism in these cars came from an enthusiast point of view in in the magazines so you're you're able to take a holistic approach to each and every one of these cars what's you know, good about them, maybe their mechanical foibles, but also how they drive as well. Like you're able to like, offer an opinion of it. Yeah. I mean, I've never thought of myself as a car dealer. Um, I've always been an enthusiast of Porsches. I mean, when I used to buy this magazine back when I was in my twenties, it's because I love Porsches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's remained w- with me. I mean, okay. I'm lucky enough to drive all sorts of other cars now, but um, I always come back to Porsches. Um, I mean, the Aston Martin we've got here are fantastic. The ultimate, if I can get in it, is is great fun. <laughs> Takes half um, an hour, but need a Zimmer frame afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Will. Um, but yeah, I, I always go back to Porsches. I mean, they're brilliant. I really, in, I enjoy driving them. I enjoy looking at them, working on them. It, uh, it goes back to what you said earlier about our our knowledge, and it, it really does obviously sit deep with Porsches but when we drive anything else or often get asked questions about something else you know because we do sell other things we, we you, you get people ask questions about an Ultima and we sort of have to do a quick turn around and Google on the phone quickly and get back to them because it, it you know we we I think that the reason we know so much about the Porsches is because it's a bit of a passion or is a passion um the other stuff's great but we always say whenever we drive something you know we get some really cool cars and we've had some some really fast Jaguars and and, and some and we always enjoy driving them because for us it's a bit different you know we drive nice Porsches all the time then we always, we, you know, Phil and I always discuss it, and we always come back to the fact that, yeah, it's good, but you wouldn't you wouldn't substitute it for a Porsche. It hasn't got the the same characteristics that we all love um, about Porsche. And it's, as you were saying earlier, you know, they do just do everything so well. And it's not it's not a hybrid that, you know, where it sacrifices being fun on track. And and they're all great to use on the road. They're great to you know in every scenario, and and with every other sort of fast car. Um, it always seems a compromise. You, you lose that comfort on the road. You lose, which with the Porsche, you, you just you just don't seem to. And that's sort of why we always come back to them. Mm. And, and we will always specialise in Porsches. I mean, out there, it is it is largely Porsches. A lot of the other stuff we sell is because people have sold with us before. For example, the Supra, we sold the the, the guy's uh, Carrera 3.2 okay, um, yeah. uh, a couple of months before. Mm. Liked the process and said, look, do you mind? And, you know, we, we, we're, we're, we do a good process here. So, so it works well for people and we can sell other things, but where our real knowledge is uh, and will always be is, is the Porsches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to kind of how the business operates today shortly. Yeah. And I think, again, it's just good to drill down into this history that is unique history that you've got, Phil. So I'm keen to know what was your Porsche moment? What was, what was that 
first memory or incident that made you go and buy what is in front of us today issue number two of 911 and porsche world it, it for people listening at home it says autumn 1990 on the cover by the way so it's got a 964 carrera 2 first drive for some context well you've given my age away there haven't you lee thank you um i mean going back before that i've got a vague memory when when i was a little boy of a black porsche it must have been some sort of 911 maybe a black turbo yeah driving past i thought well that's quite cool um, with the, the, the bug eyes and it was it must have been a, a black 911 turbo I reckon I, but I don't know and that's my first memory of a Porsche um, and then when I was early 20s I was, I was into I had a Ford Capri I had Triumph Spitfires all sorts of dodgy cars and I'd go out and buy a magazine on, on fast forwards or sports cars and then I fancied a 924 so that's when I went off and bought 911 Porsche World Um and I did end up buying a 924. It wasn't a very good one, but it was okay. And I had, had lots of fun with it. Um, so that's probably, it probably was the night. Actually, I do remember I worked as a marine electrician in a marina at Hamble. And one of the guys there um, called Leo, he had a Porsche 924 Turbo in two-tone silver with Pasha interior. And for me as an 18-year-old, that was the coolest thing ever. And actually, I still think they're quite cool cars. <laughs> so that must be my first moment with a 924. I think you're actually trying to replicate that a bit at the moment. Was our, we've, we've got a bit of a 924 turbo project going on. And, <laughs> and now I know why. I was a bit interested as to why Phil was <laughs> gunning for this from day one. Yeah. He was like, let's do a 924 turbo. Let's do a And I'm thinking, why? what's the interest of these 924 turbos? I mean, they're rare and they're cool. But And then we ended up buying one in the... I can't remember where I went to go get it for... You know, it's this ropey old thing. That we're going to turn it turn to a lovely example, of course. But... Yeah, Phil does seem to have a bit of an obsession with ninety four turbos, and that's obviously where that came from. Well, you, you, Thanks, you can Leo. tell you can tell that 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 is the moment because you're very intrinsic on the detail there. Yes, yeah, Phil, very to be specific. honest. So it's obviously it's like etched into your mind. It's yeah. the like celestial Porsche moment. I think I think the number player was like Leo Eight as well. Yeah, Leo yeah. da Costa, the guy was called. He he ran a boat company on the Humble. <laughs> so Leo awesome. Eight was his number plate. Yeah. So yeah, we've we've discussed that uh, your kind of first foray into into publishing from a Porsche perspective was as as writer and then associate editor at 911 and Porsche World. So so how did Total 911 magazine come around? Because I I'm unaware of this story myself. Yeah, well I um for whatever reason, what MG World sort of went by the wayside when it was taken over by this um conglomerate, for want of a better word, people wanted to have a the monopoly on all the MG magazines. So, and then for whatever reason, the 911 Porsche world w- work dried up a bit. Um, not too sure why. So I thought, well, what, what should I do now? And I mean, this was in the days of internet forums, but before Facebook. Um, it was the Renlist forum. Okay. And I got friendly with some other guys, Rob and John. And we sort of got together and thought, well, let's start a magazine. And I thought, what can we do that's different? And we thought, well, 911s, because normally you talk to people. And I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but if somebody's got a box or a Cayman or a 944, they'll often say, I, I really want a 911 one day. So we thought, well, actually, let's do a magazine just about 911s. And the original byline on the magazine was, nothing else matters. That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> which caused all sorts of upset, because all these Boxster and 944 owners got quite offended by this. And that, wasn't me- that was not what we were meant to be doing. You know, we're just... And it was a, it was a two-pronged thing. It's like, nothing else matters. No other Porsche magazine matters. No other car matters than the 911. Uh, but that wasn't me- meant to diminish other Porsches. 
Um, so we went ahead and published the magazine, uh, got a good reaction, um, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And we published it for, I can't remember how long, but having a small publishing company, as you all know, Lee, is hard work because W.A. Smiths have a monopoly on the news trade in the UK. So they will say, if you want to stay listed on the magazine shelves, you've got to pay us. So they were asking us for thousands of pounds a month to stay on, on the shelves. And it just became a struggle. So that's why we decided we would um, um, sell the magazine. And we approached a few companies and Imagine Publishing made us an offer and I stayed on as editor. Um, and that was fine. Imagine Publishing, it, it gave the magazine a good financial basis. Um, and there was good support. I mean, Imagine had about 30 titles, so they could call the shots with W.A. Smiths. Yeah. Whereas we couldn't with just one or two titles. So um, I stayed on as editor for a year. I didn't like working for a big company at all. Um, I didn't, uh, Imagine to me didn't understand car magazines. The most of their titles were computer-based or photography. Um, they couldn't get the fact that with a car magazine, you had to go out and do shoots when the weather was good and build up a, a supply of articles to get you through the winter. So after a year, I thought, well, I, 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 it's time to move on. And and then I thought, well, what am I going to do now? Um, so I started selling a few cars. Initially, I'd have a couple of cars at home, and then I got some premises um, in Southbourne, just down the road from here. Uh, room for about 12 cars. Well, at first, it wasn't 12, though, was it? it was, uh, the, the building sort of grew as, as people around you moved out and knocked <laughs> them down. That's very true, actually. Yes, it was a smaller, smaller premises at first. Um, if I always remember when Will and my son, who were very good friends, they were quite young, they came to help me take the sign down. And the company next door was called West Sussex Signs. Um, <laughs> and they were, we were stripping the vinyl sign down. And we, of course, being two young lads, they ended up with sex signs. Um, <laughs> we left that up for a couple of days. And, and then, and then we, we managed to break one of the <clears throat> cables on the alarm system while doing all this. So the alarm was going off. We had a big sign saying sex signs. <laughs> And a couple came to look at a car. Um, I can't remember to, if they bought the car or not, but it was all quite awkward. <laughs> That's absolutely amazing, to be fair. I'm keen to know why everyone started moving out when you moved in, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the landlord was very helpful. And um, when I needed more space, he politely asked the guy next door to move out, which was the, the sign company. Yeah. So yeah. It, it gave gave me chance to expand a little bit. It was only it was only stud walls, mind you, so you could knock them down pretty easy. But yeah, yeah. Took, took some alarm cables with it and really highlighted the the sex signs. So I'm interested to know in terms of like the transition from um, magazine to motor trade. Then did you find that easy? Because it is it's a totally different ball game. A totally different ball game. Well, I guess it is. I've never really thought about it like that. I um I've never been a salesman. I've never sort of been pushy. Um, but I've always been enthusiastic about the cars um, and very honest with people and try to help people out to buy the right car for them. I wouldn't push someone into buying a car that wasn't right for them. Um, and that's always seemed to work. I just be honest, be nice to people, look after people. Um, and to me, that, that worked fine. I think it, work, it works well. I, I think I've probably adopted a similar approach to sales. And Phil says he's not a salesman, but he is in, in, in the sense that he just does it in a very different way. He, he acts as an information center rather than a, you know, I'm, you know, oh, we've got this car we'd like to shift. Let's, you know, yeah, yeah. But we, we, we've had to be. exactly we've had customers come in thinking they want a car, 
and we've gone okay well, yeah take out let's take out for a test drive and they come back and they have a couple of niggles and I mean, they buy a totally different car in the show. And we had someone looking recently for a 996 Turbo, ends up going with a, with a 981 uh, GTS. Um, and, you know, you sort of act to that. And we're, we're always happy for people to have test drives. Um, and yeah, acts a bit of an information center. And that's very much Phil's approach, which in some respects means it's actually not that different to the, to the journalism, uh, days because instead of, you know, as you say, being a car salesman, you take the approach that people come in and you just want to teach them about the cars. Yeah. Um, and then they make up their own mind whether they want the car. Um, yeah. And whether it's true. a car we've got. So it's not, in some respects, um, it is, it's a very different ball game. But the way Phil goes about it is, is not that different, really. And the good um, news is we haven't got monthly deadlines anymore. Yeah. <laughs> they come around so quick they certainly do every four weeks it's yeah it's it's difficult you think christ almighty me that was only a week ago and here we no. are again you know yeah which yeah. when clyde started 911 in porch world it was once a quarter so that must have been very relaxed leisurely leisurely but you'd still do nothing or if, if it was me you'd do nothing for two and a half months and <laughs> just a, a fortnight of coffee and panic basically to get something together but, um, the, the, the legacy of, of T911, I'm pleased to say, is, is still going strong. I think what perhaps a lot of people listening to this might not realise is a lot of the the staff members that joined you from day one, they're, they're still involved with the magazine today. Ali Cusick, of course, I know he helped shoot the, um, the, the pre-issue, so the prototype issue, essentially, issue zero. Well, yeah, Ali got in touch with me. Um, he was a young guy straight out of college and he actually wrote a letter um, put my, got my name right, wrote a letter and, and enclosed some photographs. I mean, so many photographers will just put, di- send an email, dear editor, yeah. um, w- will you employ me? But Ali actually made an effort. And I thought, this is cool. And his pictures were really nice. I mean, they probably look a bit dated now. He'd, he'd admit this. Um, lots of flash on the photographs and, um, and the cars sort of standing out against a dark background. Um, but, you know, he made an effort and he's, he's, he's a good photographer and he, he does go the extra mile. Some photographers, I find, just churn out the same thing day in, day out. Yeah. They, get, they, they get themselves in a bit of a rut. Yeah. Whereas Ali has always made an effort to do things differently. Um, so he was a great guy to work with. Um, um, I'm not sure I should repeat this, but I always remember we went on a, an ice driving course. It was with MG, actually, not Porsche, in, in Austria. And they took us up um, a mountain on sleighs to this mountain restaurant. This was in Austria. Yeah. And we ended up all getting very drunk, and they had these games involving smashing a nail into a, a log, um, turning the handle and sort of squirting nuss, snuff up your nose, <laughs> and, and riding wooden chickens across the, the restaurant. <laughs> and, and Ali, bless him, he ended up chase, ra- racing the director of MG Europe across this restaurant on, on wooden chickens. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how MG... Or why MG kind of went belly up a few years back. Isn't it? <laughs> That's where all their budget's gone. Yeah, if only press launches were like that these days. And know? I think I think it was snuff that were, they were squirting up everyone's nose. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> a lot of work got done that day. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Okay, so yeah, as, as I said, there's, there's Ali is, is definitely still a part of Team T911. Um, Kyle as well, I know, work, works with you um, on on the launches. We had Kyle on last week. He's a good friend of Nine Works Radio. He's still around. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a privilege really to have T911 still going and, and in good shape. And, and that's, you know, I say all, all testament to you. I wouldn't be in this industry if it wasn't for you, Phil. So it's nice to say over the microphone. Thank you. 
Well, thank you. So, actually, we, can we just say one thing? Actually, one guy who isn't with us anymore—it's sadly missed—is uh, Neil Watson. Yeah, he was a, he was a really good supporter of the magazine in the early days. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's a valid point. Unfortunately, Neil passed a couple of years ago now. Um, but again, like fantastic for me. I called him the Northern Correspondent because uh, I mean he he's like Middlesbrough where he lived, and uh, it's a long way from Bournemouth. So we basically drew a line at Birmingham, and anything north of Birmingham was <laughs> Neil Watson territory. And and he was fantastic, brilliant, brilliant writer. He did some photography as well, of course. Um, yeah, and he was he was he was a real really important part of the T nine eleven team, and and yeah, sadly missed. So it's a it's a great call, Phil. So we'll bring it forward to today. How Philip Rabry stands here on the lovely south coast, just outside Chichester, and it, and it is a beautiful part of the country to be in. It must be great for customer test drives. If the sun's shining, I'm sure it, you no, know, yeah, the car some, sells itself. You there know? are some good roads. Yeah, we, we we've got a lovely sort of test route that we always do, and uh, whenever you're in the car, it feels like it takes ten minutes. And but when you're back here waiting for someone out on test drive, <laughs> it feels like they take it out. You're thinking, are they ever going to come back? So, but it is. It's because when you do it, it's just such a nice route. It flies yeah. by. But, yeah. but when you're sat here waiting for a customer to get back, it's, um, it seems like it takes a little bit longer. There are it some is, nice roads. It, it is a, as a, as a lovely part of the world. So there have been a couple of moves, as you said, Phil. You started at, at Southbourne um, and then have ended up at this lovely premises here in Bosham uh, via a farm. But, I mean, I'm sure people can, can hear via the microphones with, with both of you guys. There's a little bit of an age difference. So I'm, I'm curious to understand, yeah. Will, how you came into oh, the, the Philip Rainey yep, picture. Yep. I'm the older one, uh, by the way. Phil's <laughs> um, the apprentice. Yeah. Um, no, so I got involved uh, first with Phil making the sex science logo. <laughs> uh, no, I, I got involved um, uh, really whilst early doors, whilst I was still, still at school, um, just helping out. Back when Phil was sort of running it as a um, back in the day, it was it was it was all set a return. It, it was just sales out of the, the premises in Southport, and I. Just love getting involved in coming down whether it was washing cars or as I got, you know, older, meeting customers to, um, you know, sell cars. Um, and then I sort of got to the point where I was uh, umming and ahhing about university, um, and and and, uh, but also at the same time getting heavily involved down down here um, with the cars. Um, and I sort of had a bit of a vision uh, back then. It was, you know to do with Phil and, and the business and, and what Phil had going then. And I, I sort of remember having the conversation, this has been repeated a couple of times, but you don't, you don't go to John Lewis uh, to meet John. Uh, you don't buy a sofa of John, you go because it's, it's, a, it's a nice brand and a nice company. And I, I remember sort of having this conversation with Phil and saying, how about, you know, we, we grow this into something that is beyond just, you know, your name. Because I'm sure Phil might be saying that back in the day, the only reason people went to buy cars from a rather um, interesting industrial estate in Southbourne was because they were dealing with Phil. If you took Phil out of the equation um, and put Joe Bloggs as a Porsche specialist on a rather ropey industrial estate in Southbourne, I'm not sure people would have been that keen to, to buy. So Phil, Phil was the, um, you know, the the key, the key cog, um, and, and and sort of the vision was to not take Phil away from that, but build the business beyond that, so that it's it's a reputation on a business rather than a reputation on a person. Um, so I got involved with that, and then. It was at that point that we sort of, I think we sort of shared the vision to sort of grow it into what it's sort of become today and, and, and still growing into. Um, and I sort of got involved more on, on a business partner level um, uh, to sort of, you know, help involve, get involved with sort of sweat equity really and, and take from what it was then 
um, to what it is now. It needed more manpower. I mean, you know, we're, I don't even know how many cars they can fit out there now because it changes depending on how, how much we squish them in. Um, but, but it's a lot. And obviously we've got the sales center as well, which we'll, I'm sure we'll cover in a sec. But, you know, it, the, the idea was to really grow it. Um, we both shared the vision. Um, and that's, that's when I sort of got involved really to help sort of take it from, uh, you know, a, a, a smallish venue, um, to a bigger venue. And yeah, as I say, take, take, take the, the name beyond almost disassociate Phil Ray with Phil. Um, in, in, a, in a strange sort of way, it will still always have that association. Um, but yeah, take it beyond that. So, so it's a more of a brand. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. And, and, it, and it has become that, you know, it, people, I remember when I was first of all, people used to always ring up and go, hi, is, is that Phil? Can I speak to Phil? <laughs> and it was always Phil. And, it, you know, and, and, and that was nice. But now people ring up and they ask to speak to Ollie or they ask to speak to, you know, um, because it is, it's, it's, it's grown beyond that, which is really nice. You should be um, Phil Junior. Yeah, exactly. Then- <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how many people are think think we're father and son, and we have a couple. We had an old boy buy a car not that long ago, and uh, I said, no, 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 I'm not. I'm not Phil's son. I'm Phil's business partner. And they did. They could not get their head around this. They just carried on referring to me as his son. Phil is my father. Um, That's amazing. So I, I just started answering to it. I gave up. Yeah. Um, and also, we get Phil gets called Will, and I get called Phil all the time because we sound the same when we pick up the phone. So. <laughs> Um, we would just make sure we don't employ somebody called Bill. Yes, yeah, yeah. Phil, Will, and Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's when I got involved, really. Um, to, yeah, to take the business from a bit more of a, 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 it wasn't a lifestyle business, but it wasn't a way. It was, it was a. I mean, you you ran it kind of sort of. Um, there was no retained stock or anything like that, so it was set a return and, mm-hmm. and to grow it into what it is now, where we have the opportunity to be able to buy, yeah, um, uh, good amounts of stock, um, and that sort of thing. Um, and also a fairly early vision that we both shared was to set up um, a service center. We had to grow the sales center first to enable us to do that. Um, but we grew the service center, uh, grew the sales center, sorry. Um, and then I'm guessing this is what you're going to want to touch on next. But during during COVID, um, was we thought, strangely, that was the appropriate time to almost a bit of a lockdown project, if you will. I know everyone had their, everyone was doing cross-stitching and other things. Well, <laughs> Phil and I were thinking, how how can we... But, but we used AW Motorsport as our, our service specialist who, who were always great to us. Um, but for us, it was just the next logical step of the business was to ha- open our own service wing. Um, we supplied enough service work to AW to almost employ our own technicians. We thought, well, worst case scenario. Um, uh, and, but that hasn't been the case at all. We, we set it up and we've just been busy ever since. Um, people really like the brand and people like what we do and we, Works similarly to how we work in 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 the sales center. We're very friendly, and uh, it's not a sales thing. It's a we share our knowledge of people. The technicians share their knowledge of people, um, and we sort of help to to get people to get their cars to where they want. Whether it's that roof just outside the window that we'd, we've been doing some race prep on, and is about to have uh, or potentially have Lexan windows and, and all that sort of thing, or whether it's service. We've got a nine nine one, or we've got a Macan GTS on the ramp next. So us just having it is generic servicing. Um, but that was a vision that, that we both shared um, to really develop, take the business further. Um, so that was something that I sort of very much, I sort of took the, took the reins on that a bit and setting up the um, the service centre, which is getting on for th- three years old now, which is crazy. In in, in June, it'll be three years old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're busier than ever. Um, there's, there's a lot of variety in there. So every time I walk into the premises here, I, I walk kind of through the workshop first before mm-hmm. it gets to the showroom and... Um, again it's kind of a a reflection really of what you've got in the showroom it is there's there's lots of different bits of you know today you've got a 
a lovely ice cream metallic Carrera three liter, which yep. is quite a, quite a rare beast in, in the yep. world of yeah, classics. Well, so that's having I'm a sure restoration currently. Nineworks might even see that soon. It's it's a it's a car we bought. Uh, yep, coming up for a year ago, which is terrible because we thought, right, we'll buy <laughs> we'll buy this, um, and then it was just when we taken on an extra technician, and we thought, well, we'll buy this because we had the demand for for an extra technician, but. Um, we thought just in case we'll, we'll buy this this Carrera three liter that needs a bit of a restoration, and should we ever be quiet, we'll get on with it. Anyway, we haven't been quiet since, so this Carrera <laughs> three liter is just sat in the corner, um, as his uh, own nine two four turbo. Yeah, which is yeah, um, but but um, you know it's it's turning into a really lovely car, and it's finally coming to to fruition. So that's a car that um, sort of full glass out respray, and it was totally rust free, which is lovely, and it's had the engine uh, rebuilt by RSR Engineering. Um, that's all soon to go back together. But yeah, we have some really interesting things out there. I mean, as you say, from, from that Carrera 3 litre, um, we've got a 997 Turbo. It's had a couple of issues that we're, we're, we're sorting through at the moment. And, and there's 991 in there for servicing, the, the mechanic in there for servicing. Well, I was going to well. say, you know, Ollie's, um, I, when I walked in, I, I saw the the metallic green Carrera yeah. 3, and then I looked up and Ollie's got his head under the bonnet of a Macan GTS. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah it's... it's, it's as you say, we have a wide variety in the showroom, but also in our in our service centre, we're um, yeah quite fortunate. But it keeps keeps things exciting, and we do have a good knowledge base across across all of them. Um, uh, so yeah, it keeps things keeps things different, and it's always you know for the technicians as well. They they love it cause they get to drive a different car, and, and yeah, yeah. Um, and, fr- and from your point of view as well, it's nice. And I understand there's a point of like organic growth, which is is important, but. Mm-hmm. It's nice when you can have that service center alongside the showroom. It just yep. brings everything in house. Mm. Oh, everything. it's lovely. Everything's really, you know, <clears throat> intertwined. So people buy a car, um, they'll come back, you know, and everyone, everybody loves, loves the service we provide, obviously. So they, they, they come back and use us for servicing if, if they're local. Um, if they're not, then we recommend, you know, um, well, even some unlocal people do come back to us, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. We do. We do have cars. People transport their cars or we go and transport their cars for them. I mean, that, that, Roof there came from Sheringham, North Norfolk. Oof, to yeah, come so, down to so us lick some, away from here. Yeah, to come down for us for some work because <clears throat> we've put up a good relationship there. Um, uh, and you know, cars do come from all over. You know, we still supply our own work from the sales centre, um, and we have had people come in to get a car service and walk out with a car they bought. It, it, we had um, Dave and Anne, who are a lovely local couple, um, came in to get one of their cars serviced. Um, and left with a, a, a 718 KM GTS um, because they liked it, um, which was which was excellent. So, you know, as you say, they do they do as as almost if you separate them as two businesses, yeah, they they intertwine really really well. You mentioned um, um, Ollie; he's our service manager here, and he's an absolute genius when it comes to anything Porsche. Yeah, he's especially a, the modern stuff. He's he he, he well, the mechanic he's working on at the moment. He can do that with his eyes shut. He doesn't. I was about to say, yeah. No, he's, he's brilliant. Um, really sound guy. He knows a hell of a lot about Porsches. Yeah. No, and it's good. And, 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 you know, we build up a relationship with, you know, service customers and sales customers. Uh, and one day, sales customers will be a service customer and service customers will be a sales customer. So that's what works so nicely. Yeah. Um, and as long as we keep our sort of key principles of, um, you know, honesty, integrity, and, and and looking after people. People always come back, um, and that's what we've found to work so well. Yeah, I mean, again, it's 
I think it's very well known and accepted in, in the world of Porsche that people will travel for quality and excellence. Yeah, yeah. You know? for, for my 996, that's entrusted with the guys at Right Tune. I travel two hours to get to those guys. Yeah. You know, I drive past a lot of people to get there, but that's that's who I trust. And I know there are other people listening to this who have their own kind of similar story where they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll travel to someone where they can hand in what is essentially their baby with the yeah, car course, to, to yeah. a business, again, feeding into that principle of honesty, integrity. Yeah, and as, it's, as you said, Will. It's, it's, it's always a, you know, mechanics, the mechanic trade probably has a bit of a bad reputation uh in that regard you know you take your car in for an oil change and you, you spend six grand on getting you know whatever done and um but we we're, we're always you know and we do every car that comes in we look over and there's always things we find i'm sure you'll find things on that mccann gts that if you wanted a concourse mccann gts you'd, yeah, you'd get course. done yeah and and the way we go about it is is we inform customers of the things we find we don't say you need to do them just just be aware of them these are things we've found unless it is something that needs urgent attention but Generally, there isn't. And just to keep an eye on it, if you'd like to do it now, you can do it now. Things like crossover coolant pipes, that sort of thing that uh, tend to leak on 997s, we always suggest, you know, strongly suggest, um, you know, if they're showing signs of, because when they go, they go and, and you, you lose all your coolant in one big hit and you can obviously have knock on effects of that. So, depend, depending on what it is, um, yeah, we always just go with honesty, integrity, and sort of show people. Um, often people come in and look at their car under the ramp where you can point things out to them and, and they really like it and you sort of, that's how you build up those strong yeah, lasting of relationships course, of course and, and again you know we've spoken plenty of times on Nightmates TV about as an owner it's about preventative maintenance 100%, because preventative yeah. maintenance is always cheaper than having to react to, to things with the cost of cooling pipes exactly oh, that, yeah that's, that's, that's a big one on, on those cars but again it just helps from your sales side as well everything's under one roof so you're able to kind of ratify the quality so yeah. by the time they're on the showroom yeah it's got your stamp on it not yeah. somebody else's 100 you know? and, yeah. and i think that's particularly crucial with the cars you sell because again what i really like about your stock in particular mm-hmm. obviously when it feeds through to the non-works marketplace is a lot of the cars are i don't want to say accessible but they're they're a you know, totally, nine yeah. nine eight sevens, nine nine sevens. Yeah. You, know, you 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 see a lot of them for sale privately. It's nice to see them at a specialist dealer where they come with warranty and a stamp of approval. Because a there, of, there's a lot on those cars that could yeah. go wrong. You know, yeah. so it's it's nice to have a dealer's mm. stamp of. Well, that's well, they're old cars now. I mean, nine nine sixes, nine nine sevens. They're getting on a bit. And yeah. We we will normally put quite a lot of money into getting them right before they leave the premises. Yeah, and a lot a lot of dealers won't sell. Gen one nine nine sevens, for example, um, but because of the risk they think they're taking on, but actually we we mitigate that risk nearly entirely by a educating people on things like bore scoring, which everybody worries about, um, uh, and, and how to you you, you can mitigate bore scoring to nearly zero risk as long as you know how to look after the car and warm it up properly. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, and educating people, but also we we go through those nine nine sevens, nine nine sixes with a really fine tooth comb. For example, and I mentioned the crossover cooling pipes again. It's, it's it's that sort of thing that we know exactly what we're looking for um, when it comes to them. So we go through them um, and people buy cars from us, and we we're, we're happy to warranty them for any mechanical failure, and that, you know there's not a limit on it um, for for six months. And we do that because we know we go through the cars um, with a fine tooth comb and prep them really really well. And you can you can reliably sell nine nine sevens and nine nine sixes that aren't going to go wrong. You just it's, it's, it's a thing about getting them up to a good level and then knowing what to look out for and keeping them at a good level, um, then you won't get you won't get those 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 scares. Yeah, issues. definitely. I think as well, especially if you're buying your first Porsche. Yeah. 
it's good to buy it from a source yeah. who understands those cars. You yeah. Know? I, I, my, my first 996 was bought through RPM Technic. Yeah. They knew the car, you know, and even little stuff. I, I always remember when I bought the car, Greg said, and obviously I, I was editor at Tottenham 11 at the time, had been for five years, but I hadn't owned a Porsche at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and Greg passed on some sage advice. He said, look, before you drive away, just a couple of things. Don't drive that car for less than 20 minutes. Yeah. Give it a proper heat cycle. Yeah. Maybe change the oil every, every yeah. 5k. Yeah. You know, all, all things that you go, actually, yeah. Mm. You know, as, as, mm. a, as a journalist, you're jumping in a car for a, a day or a week, driving it and handing it back. Yeah. You don't have to worry about the, the longevity yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, and, and ownership is a very different side of the coin. And, um, it, that's those pieces of advice I've passed on to numerous people since. And, and I liked that. And, it, and again, for that first step into Porsche ownership, just yeah. to, you know, rather than perhaps buying it off somebody's drive where it's sold a scene, there you go, job done. Yeah. It's almost nice to have your hand held a little bit yeah. into, into and that. We world. also need to get a good experience. I mean, you know, yeah. it's a dream for people to have a Porsche 911. And if you buy a 996, Ropey 996 for 12 grand, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. It's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. And you won't get the enjoyment out of it. Or, or even a Ropey 996 for 20 grand. I mean, I, I'm regularly scrolling <laughs> to Auto Trader uh, and looking what's about. And, and people have, particularly private people, with 996s often have crazy dreams of what their car's worth um uh and and you know we've i've gone to buy cars i went to buy a car in scotland and walked away from it um i've traveled all the way there but just got there and thought there's no you know for the, this guy will sell it privately and i feel sorry for the person that buys it because they won't know to look for what we're looking for but that's not, not something we want to get involved in um and 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 that's the thing you know if you buy a 996 and get your fingers burned it will put you off 911 ownership you get a good one though. They're fantastic. Yeah, they're yeah. really nice cars to drive. We we sold a, a nine a nine nine six recently that had, had um, it was a lovely car. It, it had I can't remember what suspension setup it had. It was at Olin's, but it, it it was a great drive. It was set up, set up amazingly. And he left here. He he, he came in on a, on the weekend. Said I want it. He says, "Is there any chance I can have it for Wednesday?" I'm thinking, why? Well, I'm doing the North Coast 500. Um, <laughs> right. In this 906, and 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 we thought, crap, you know. <clears throat> We haven't actually had, he came down very quickly. We hadn't had the chance to go through this car yet. And we said, look, we usually ask for at least a week to do our due diligence, go through it. There will be parts we need to order. There will be things we need to do to it because there always are. It's a 996 um, before we sell them. But anyway, we, we managed to turn it around for him and, and, and get all the prep done. Great effort. And he, yeah, took it to the North Coast 500, absolutely thrashed it came back a week later with it absolutely covered in crap <laughs> and then he came back six months later and he's done twelve thousand miles in it yeah that's it really yeah. he's been all over europe and it's, it's so done. nice to hear people drive these cars yeah, yeah. and he hasn't and had, it, it hasn't missed a beat has it no it's been um, lovely yeah but you, you've put that person into the right car as exactly. well and, and that's yeah. that's the point you know because like yeah. you say that is a special moment when you buy when you buy any porsche but yeah particularly your first mm-hmm. and so it, it has to be the right purchase in terms of a the quality of the car but also the model it is in the first place and how that fits into your lifestyle as a as a buyer course, and as an yeah. enthusiast you know that that is yeah. important and but again we're making people's dreams come true it's a dream purchase a 911 for most well i think pretty well everybody yeah who, who's buying one they're not buying it as a tesco car they're buying it because it's what they've always wanted yeah yeah so yeah. it's got to be right yeah they can be tesco cars too though that's the point that's very true yeah <laughs> you know it's exactly as you said at the start yeah. will you know and um, you you guys are also quite big advocates of the mid-engine cars like particularly boxsters I yes. know uh, up until Christmas last year, you both owned the 986. I think, Phil, you still do. Well, I, it's, it's just the, the company hack I drive around in. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an old 986 boxer, but it's been really well looked after over the years. It's got a good history with that. 
and I've just sort of um, fell in love with it. Adopted it. You have. That's why yeah. you're still driving. It's it. great fun. It's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 done 130,000 miles. It's a bit ropey. I was down in um, Cornwall last year with my wife, and I said, "Let's take the box there." She said, well, "Do we have to?" But we took it down, and it was such a hot summer. We had the roof on during the day with the aircon, but we dropped the roof in the evening, and we're cruising along. And there was a, a Le Ferrari coming the other way in this country lane with the number plate. Um, it was Enzo something, wasn't it? Yeah, the number plate was Enzo, and he was sort of you know creeping along in this thing. And I thought, who's having more fun here? Like, me and my five grand boxer. I don't mind if it gets a bit scratched in the brambles. Or you and your multi-million pound supercar that's too big for the roads. Um, I later found out it had, had some connection to Gordon Ramsay. Um, so a cool car, but actually you can have a lot of fun in a, a, a cheap little boxster. Yeah. We don't, we don't tend to actually sell too many 996s just because they, they do tend to stick to the, to the, to the private market. It's not worth <laughs> the value there at people. Mm. Hand, unless we have sold a couple of super low mileage ones in really nice condition for sort of, but they'd be going for sort of 13, 14 grand now. They are really catching a, yeah. a good, a good amount of money. Um, but the mid-engine cars are great. I mean, you, you saw my 986. The, the idea of that was that was going to be a bit of a track car. Um, and, and sorry to the chap that bought it on eBay, but that wasn't a, a very nice example, hence why it went on eBay. And, um, and it went for the you know the right price. It did, it did, yeah, yeah, 100%. We were totally honest about it. Um, and the guy knew he needed to do some bits to it. Um, but, that you know, and uh, but there are... 996 are, are a lot of fun. Um, but the, 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 the mid-engine stuff, I mean, it's great. We had that... Cayman GTS, the, the yellow one, yeah. uh, that ended up going to Ireland. Um, and you do get the, 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 the snobs out there. But we actually had some, in fact, last week, the 997, we've just taken a 997 in part exchange for a 987 Boxster. Oh, wow. Okay, this this yeah. week. Yeah. Um, and it was a really nice 987 Boxster. Um, but that, that, that's, you know, people, if, if, if people get the snobbery out of their head, in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, the, the nine the nine eight seven is an arguably better car than nine nine seven um, for for a lot of people's it's, use. It's an easier car to drive fast. It is much easier um, car. Handling's well, you, you can't really go wrong with a, a boxer. You can throw it around. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't said that. You don't, I don't get a nine 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 seven. I think actually this is better. I remember back in my days of nine eleven Porsche world when the boxer was new, the nine eight six boxer. Um, I actually wrote one day these are going to be old unloved Porsches like nine four fours. Um, and you could pick them up for five grand. <laughs> and you um, would own one at that one day as well. That's yeah, nice. yeah. And, 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 and there we are. All yeah. these years later, yeah. they, they they have become. I mean, I mean, they, they, I wouldn't say that. Well, some of them are unloved, but actually, they've also become a modern classic. As I said, we I mean, sold nine eight six boxes. Are, they, they're what they're twenty five years old now, aren't they? We sold that one of um, Rob's very low mileage for thirty. It had done thirty thousand miles. A very early car, so it had the didn't have climate control, you know, and you had the yeah, twisty. Yeah. Um, it was in the launch cover too. It was. Um, Box to red interior and a silver yeah. bodywork. So, we, we, you know, I said they don't make it into our network, the 986s, um, but they do. You, the, the, you get some really nice examples. Mm. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, I think they are a bit of a classic now. Well, they are. Well, well without a doubt. Are, and and yeah. I, I would say, and people listening to this will know, I'm a, a 996 evangelist, I think yeah, is an understatement. Yeah. But what I will say is, the 986 and my exploits like racing them last year just opened my eyes to that car and what a platform it is. And yeah, absolutely. as far as I'm concerned, the 986 Boxster is the best value sports car you can buy in or outside of a Porsche stable. Absolutely. Yeah. It's yeah. the best value sports car. It's so much car for the money. And yes, as we said, there are, there are some unloved examples out there. Um, I'm trying to, I shouldn't say this because then you know, I kind of make a rod for my own back, but I, I'm looking for one at the moment. I've looked at four and um, 
yeah, they're, 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 in, they're in a bad shape. And, and you know, you yeah. do pay what you get for, without a doubt. You but if you find the right find one, the right one yep. they are incredible value mm. for money. Well, it's, it's, we service a lot of them too. In fact, we had one in recently. The guy bought it for not a lot of money because the dealer he bought it from said it had a blown head gasket. Which so, never happens. So we thought, that's a bit odd, blown yeah. head gasket. So we, we brought it in because um, it was smoking really badly. And um, the only problem with it was it had been overfilled with oil. <laughs> right. So okay. we dropped a bit of oil out of it, um, did a few bits and pieces to it, and he's ended up with a cracking car for absolutely, I won't say how much he paid for it, but it was next to nothing. Fantastic. Um, well, also, it's probably tripled in value just by dropping a bit of oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you mentioned about how, you know, it is the best value for my sports car. I, I, I always say it as a joke to people who are, who are, you know, we get people coming down and go, oh, should I get a 997 GT3 RS or, 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 or a 997 GT3? You know, well, when you're looking at bang for buck, a 997 GT3 is arguably better. You don't get, you know, the, unless you really are, you know, tracking it within an inch of its life and an excellent driver, you'll you'd be pushing those to the difference. And I said, yeah, but if that's your argument, you should get a 986 for five grand. You know, it's, it's, it's you just can't beat. Um, yeah, oh, um, definitely, definitely. But definitely. saying that, I mean, it's, it, this is, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent because it, we don't really deal with them that much. Certainly not in the, in the sales centre. We do, we do service a couple, um, uh, and they're, they're an important one to do preventative maintenance on because you've got a 986 Boxster and something goes wrong, you know, the car's worth five, six thousand pounds and something goes wrong and you just spend three thousand pounds on it. That's a hard three thousand pounds to spend. If you're spending yeah, that on course. a 997, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um, understandable. But when, yeah. so, so they're a real car that you want to get on top of and keep on top of and do, as you say, the preventative maintenance. Um, and even more than 996s, there are a lot of ropey ones out there. Yeah. And ropey boxes are horrible. Yeah. yeah, but again, get a good one. They're fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But increasingly, as they got cheap, people have bought them and not looked after them. Yeah. So we are finding there are some quite nasty examples out there. Yeah. And they're the ones to avoid. Oh, without a doubt, because as you say, that that changes your opinion on on that car as a as, mm. as, as, as a as a whole. So, look, I think yeah, kind of cats out of the bag that I'm, I'm looking for one of these now. As there's a as a feature that we've got on Nineworks, which is off market garage. I'm, I'm not sure if people listening know about it. So. Obviously, we've we've got the Nineworks Classifieds, which is reserved exclusively for people like yourself. So specialist dealers with a real mark on quality. All of the cars come fully warranted, excellent service history and everything else. And it's we like that because it differentiates from other cars that are on the market. But there is off-market garage. So if there's a car that you're interested in and you can't find it on the Nineworks marketplace... Hit the OMG tab and just fill in the details, send it to us of the car you're looking for, or it might be one that you're selling. And then what we do is we go out and hunt for that car on your behalf to find a quality one. So I'll be filling in that for myself after this pod, for yeah. 98, a good 986 Boxster. Yeah. Um, I don't mind a bit of a project, but it's got to be mechanically sound. So you have, you have to have a look at the one we've got outside here. Well, yeah, this is it. I think I know where we're headed when we turn the mics off. But <laughs> well, yeah, it, you know, keep, keep, keep an eye out. Not, not that we're salesmen at all. Yeah. <laughs> cracking well yeah it's it's nice to see the business growing it's definitely multifaceted these days so from the service center to the the showroom i i encourage people to pop in as i say you're very very lucky here you're down in a lovely part of the world yeah. and and it's worth pointing out that the full stock of your cars here at philip raby and also of, of other reputable specialists in the country they're all online on the nineworks marketplace so go and take a look um phil and will at philip raby thank you very much for your time this morning that's quite thank all right you. lovely yeah, it's been good fun cracking let's go and have a look at that box stuff <laughs> good to hear from phil and will uh interesting about your well the old t911 magazine yeah literally. Back history on that yeah 
you know, personally, I wouldn't have a job and would not be in this industry if it wasn't for Phil starting Total 911. God, yeah. yeah. I, I dare say we wouldn't be sitting here early on having Doing this podcast, chat because yeah. Yeah. it's just, you know, it's how things happen. It's life. Yeah. I wonder yeah, what thanks, magazine Bill. you would be on, Lee, if T911 didn't exist. What do you think Knit, it would be? Knitting Weekly. <laughs> knitting Week. Do you know what? Well, was... with that jumper, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've said I've said previously that I loved my time on Fast Car. I mean, it paid me absolutely nothing. But sure. I did have the time of my life on there. Um, I'm not sure the magazine's still going. I think it's just a, like a Facebook group now. But um yeah, that that was good fun, but a totally, totally different audience. But I mean, this is it. You know, who who knows what we're all going to be doing in ten years' time? It's just yeah, it's the way yeah. the world works. So yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah, good, really, really cool. So yeah, thanks to Phil and Will for jumping on and giving us their time, um, and a cheeky cross on as well. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good coffee too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always, always. So we need to talk gem of the week, and I've had a good look around this car personally this week. Uh, it's obviously from Philip Rabies. It's uh, it would be rude to to not pick a car from the stock there. And there yeah. was a lovely, lovely, lovely basalt black nine on six dot two GT three comfort Ooh. spec. I mean, I'm not the greatest fan of black cars or black nine elevens. I know Max, that's controversial. You love them, but I just think with the silhouette and the hips of the nine on six dot two GT three, I just think it works really well. There, there is another example actually that's up at RPM Technic, same color, looks beautiful. Uh, that one's on ceramics, but this one, yeah, comfort spec, um, standard steel wheels. It's a real beauty. It's got the houndstooth fabric seat inserts as well, which really helps lift that black leather interior. Otherwise, yeah. um, the original uh, black inserts come with the car as well, if you're not a fan of the houndstooth. But I think that's awesome. It's been done really nicely as well inside there. I mean, otherwise... It's a cracking GT3, fairly low miles, 40-odd thousand miles on the clock as well. It's ready to be driven. Yeah. 48,700 nice. miles. I'm just looking at it now. That's the Is one. That That's the one. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's got the right amount because some of the like really super low mileage cars, they do become more investment piece. We've said before on the podcast how that GT3 market is kind of split in two between the usable cars and then the collector pieces. Yeah. And I feel like with this... 40 odd was as you said max late 40s it's kind of ready to be driven if i'm honest it's not so much a, a store away and and wait yeah. for it to turn into your retirement package so yeah that is a car ready to be used and and is a, a beauty ap's first gt3 as well yes yeah that's really nice. lovely really lovely i'll tell you what as well i know we talked about this ages ago Lee. we haven't talked about it for ages but one of the things when you were uh developing the nine works marketplace one of the things that I said when I was doing some beta testing for you that I really liked is because it's Porsche focused, you know, and the way that you can filter down things that you can't do on other, you know, used car search engines, which are, you know, great as well. But, you know, for searching for Porsches, because of the, you know, you can search for narrow body and wide body and drive trains and, you know, different generations of 911. I'm straight to two black 996 gt3s here amazing just amazing like that. easy but searching easy yeah. yeah and and as i say they, they are they're the same color but they're very different cars i think um from memory the one at rpm technic has got the equipment cage yes it has 
yeah and and ceramics and whatnot it's yeah, a, I yeah. think it's slightly lower mileage as well mid 20s 27 and a half thousand 27 and a half yeah it's a little bit of a lick on in price thing it's is that 90k yeah it's 90k yeah yeah 90k this this one at uh, Phil Rabies is 74995 yeah. uh, in either scenario I think they're two really well priced GT3s actually yeah. um but oh, 75 for a 996 GT3 oh I'm feeling that I'm feeling that yeah, that is, it really that, is lovely. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. That's that's a lot of car, a lot of car for the money there. I think. Yeah, cracking. Right. Well, that was gem of the week. Shall we move on to Patreons? Oh no. <laughs> Shall we move <laughs> on to updates to the Driven or Hidden Collective? Yep. Let's hit it. Um, first one up is Ian Homersham, um, who's a privateer driver. He has been uh, listening to the podcast right from the start and has a long-standing subscription to Total 911. Thank very you very good. much. Uh, he's got a 997 Turbo that he bought back in 2015 uh, with money from his late mum. Oh. Um, he said that Lee probably would like to know that there's another Essex boy in the ranks. Wee. So, yeah, welcome, Ian, from Essex. Next up is... So last week I did a little um, shout out to somebody that left us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, that person is Bob Timmerman. Timmerman, Tim, yeah, Timmerman, um, who has signed up as a rookie driver. Um, and he is from Iowa in the USA. He has a 981 Boxster GTS, which I think we mem- uh, mentioned last week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for the great review and thank you for signing up as well, becoming a collected member. Tops guys, thank you. Great stuff. I made um, one box of GTS, what a cool car. I love them. Yeah, I think really it's like white them. with black wheels. You know, they sort of almost looks a bit like the sort of spy um spider look. Yeah, it's it. a good looking yeah, car. Very looks, good looking car. It looks, you know, suitably more serious than a than a 981 Boxster S. Yeah, you know, they've done a really nice job on it, Porsches. They're really great cars. I, that's something I'd like, I guess. Yeah. I've uh, got a couple of upgrades. We've got Guy Feltham has become works, was a rookie. Geese. Factory geese. Thank Factory you. geezer. Factory geezer. Nice to meet ya. And we've got an absolute hero who is Kaylin Richardson. Um, Kaylin, I met when I was over in the us he was at luft he has uh, a red 993 with the same wheels as mine ah so, yeah yeah i remember you talking about him yeah brother from so, another mother indeed um and kaylin's recently bought an early 911 as well i think it might be a 72 it might be a 72 it might even be earlier than that um but yes uh kaylin has come on as a hero oh my god that's yeah. awesome amazing oh, what a man thank you oh. very much for that Thank Amazing. you, Kaylin. That is wicked. Well, I think it's worth pointing out that that's a new level that we've added to the membership. And yeah, uh, yeah it's it's the daddy. It's the absolute daddy. We're going to give you everything that Nineworks has got to offer there. Um, yeah. A couple of people have signed up. I don't know about you, Andy and Max, but uh, beyond humbled, beyond yeah. humbled that, that people are, are kind of doing that. So yeah, thank you. Thank you to, yeah, to all of the guys and girls that have done that. Especially to Kaylin as well, because you know, there's some of those um, things that we say we can do. We can't actually do for Kaylin, but we will definitely meet up. He's going to Rensport um, oh, at the end of the year. So yeah, we shall party with Kaylin and his mates, I'm sure. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. And we and we said part part of that hero thing is something top secret and cool that we're kind of not sure of yet. And I think it's kind of just worth pointing out that the reason we said we're going to do a surprise for everybody, but we need to work out where everybody is first of all and kind of coordinate that. Yeah. So the fact that Kaylin has signed up from stateside, it's not a problem really because we're going to do something cool for you, Kayla. Mark my yeah. words. Absolutely. So fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got. Amazing. Updates for this week. Um, cool. Should we do a confession? Yes. Yeah, let's hit a confession. Um, it's amazing. been a little while, hasn't it, since we've done one. So, uh, yeah, we've missed them. Yeah, they're kind of not through any fault. We've just kind of forgot to do it, I think, if we can. Yeah, well, uh, and time constraints uh, yeah. as well. It's been, it's yeah. been busy, isn't it? Let's, yeah. But, yeah, let's hit one. Have you got one lined up? I have got one lined up for next week as well, by the way. I've got an absolute beauty. I've got an absolute beauty. Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, we'd like to hear everybody else's confession. So don't forget to email us hello at nineworks.co.uk and share your confession uh, to the benefit of everybody listening. So this week's confession is from Gary Simmons. So Gary, thank you for submitting this. Uh, very brave of you, sir. So we shall dive in, shall we? Okay. Where's Gary from? Is Would I be right in saying he's a Brit over in the US? Isn't um, he? I don't know. I yes, don't I'm sure know. he is. I'm sure he is. But this is definitely a English story. Yeah, I'm sure Gary. It, he um, is over in Louisiana, somewhere like that. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So Sorry if I got that wrong, Gary. But I'm difficult to keep up sometimes. <laughs> Just make it up anyway. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So before before Gary allegedly uh, jumped ship, then. Uh, right, so Gary says, As a new arrival at my RAF base in Abingdon, Oxfordshire in 1978, I was wowed by the guys in my section who were avid motorcyclists, the majority of which were British bikes. As I absorbed the information, a plan formed in my mind. What if I could get a bike? I was 17 with only a provisional licence, having already failed my driving test at age 16, and this was certainly no motorcycle endorsement, but those were just details. I started avidly reading News on Wheels, looking mostly at motorcycles. Then one day, there it was. I turned the page and a golden shaft of light came through the crew room window and shone directly on the bike in question. The ad read, Triumph 500 Daytona, Cafe Racer 1967, in good condition, £325. I called the phone number and short version, I got the bike. I couldn't ride it back myself, so I not only had to get a ride to look at the bike, but bring a rider who was not only legal, but capable of riding the thing back. We got it back to the base and the bike was stored in a garage. Within the next couple of days, I pulled it out and polished it and cleaned it. It looked amazing. And only having driven a car, I was ignorant to the technique of riding a powerful 500cc motorcycle oh with clip-on handlebars and rear-set gears and brakes. Although Triumphs of the 60s didn't have the all-out high power of some foreign bikes, it did have gobs of torque and had been geared down for a smaller and had been geared down with a smaller front sprocket. I would later find out it was good for the tan. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. That second evening, after further cleaning and polishing and starting the bike yet again, I would decide that I had to go out for a short ride to a friend's house who lived a couple of miles off base. By now I had figured how to select first gear and pull away and even had and even and had even got into second gear briefly. I donned my helmet and crept in first towards the front gate on base. No one stopped me, the barrier of the main gate swung open to let me out and I was free. I pulled down the straight and if memory serves me correctly, I made second and even third gear before I arrived at the T-junction where I had to turn right. 
I had trouble selecting first gear, as is common on Triumphs of that era. Um, you had to select neutral while still moving, then you could select first from a standstill. After five minutes of fumbling, I selected what I thought was first gear. I was finally able to look up and look both ways. Finally, I spotted a gap in the traffic, and after the car passed to my right, I let out the clutch to move the bike into the flow of said traffic. Now, if you've never driven a bike with drop handlebars, you may not know that the only way to turn a bike like that is to lean the bike. I was not aware of this, and so I tried to turn the handlebars, only to find that the fuel tank was in the way. I looked down at the handlebars to see what was preventing me from making the 90-degree turn. At the same time, the kerb on the far side of the road was quickly approaching, and oops, out of time, I almost made it, but first the front wheel, followed shortly by the back wheel, made contact sideways along the length of the bike and flipped me off and into the ditch. <laughs> the bike followed on top of me. I rolled out of the way of the bike, but we both ended up upside down in that ditch, which happened to be full of about two feet of water. I jumped up quickly and stood in the water. My bike was now upside down, still running, back wheel still spinning as it was still in gear with the headlight on. In brackets, <laughs> Gary's put safety first. <laughs> uh, all the traffic had stopped in all three directions. I reached down into the water and fumbled blindly for the ignition switch, found it and killed the engine. I grabbed the bike and in a fit of terror wrestled it upright. The handlebars were cockeyed, the headlight was half full of water but of course still on. One of the foot pegs was also twisted around to the wrong position. Several motorists had arrived to assist me and helped me pull it up out of the ditch. I looked, around, I looked up and down the road, no cops as of yet, good, I was panicking though if the cops show up they're likely to ask for my documents which i allegedly may not have had on me or actually may not have even existed <laughs> until later on uh, yeah i thought i've got to get out of here i tickled and choked and started kicking amazingly the bike fired up instantly on one cylinder so amidst questions of are you all right i leapt on the bike okay and with one foot dragging and water leaking out of the headlight i put put putted with one cylinder back towards the raf abingdon main gate I was so relieved when the guy recognised me and opened the barrier and I continued to putt 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 back to the garage where I quickly tucked the bike away. As it turned out, almost zero damage except to my pride. The bars and foot peg were realigned, the spark plug lead had come off when I pulled the bike upright so that was easily fixed and with a very good cleaning it was back to as good as new. No harm, no foul, or so I thought. About three weeks later I was sitting in the naffy, I was sitting in the naffy sticky yeah. bun and another motorcycle guy from the base comes over to me carrying the latest edition of Motorcycle News. He said, hey mate, don't you have a Triumph Cafe racer? So I said, sure do. He flips the paper onto my lap and says, read that bit there, pointing at a small column. And there was my story of flipping the bike into the ditch at two mile an hour. I read it up and I read it and looked up. He raised his eyebrows. Is that you? I reply, no mate, must have been somebody else. <laughs> I was rumbled. <laughs> oh dear the, the thing is with bikes even yeah low miles accident like that you're going off you are yeah you are indeed yeah gary can write write a story i remember when gary it is the gary that i was thinking of he um when he joined up with the collective um he wrote a story of how he got into porsche and you know a little back, bit of background it actually it was more like a novel <laughs> <laughs> i think you could, you could probably employ gary as a, a writer for t911 and double the size of the magazine <laughs> it's cracking it's a cracking confession so yeah gary thanks for taking us along on the journey of yeah, that thanks I, gary 
I hope uh, if you're stateside now, you're still put, put, putting your way along the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. fantastic. And yeah, as, as we said, if you've got any more confessions that you want to share, then please do drop us a line. Hello at nineworks.co.uk for a bit of fun. Excellent. Good. I suppose I ought to do that confession that I alluded to when I did the gem of the week last week with that uh, lovely 3-2 Carrera at Paragon. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. talking about my... Um, my my g series experience i said that my dad had a bit of a shonky three he bought a um bought a left-hand drive 915 box 32 carrera um i think it was a i can't remember if it was a c it must have been a, a late 915 before they went to g50 anyway it was white it looked great because it had turbo wheels white center turbo wheels and it was low so it looked brilliant but it didn't drive that well uh and and the interior it had the heavily bolstered um interior and the interior was a combination of um black and peppermint okay and it was original but you know crazy interior specs so kind, kind of cool but a bit of a shed and uh and he had that for a while it was before i could drive you know so i was a teenager and we went to silverstone uh, one day to a just to a, to a little club meeting i think a motorbike club meeting rather than a car one and uh and it was a wet day and um, it's not quite like this now, but in the area on the inside of the track behind Cops Corner, which is old, F, you know, F airfield, airstrip, it just yeah. used to be concrete, you know, crap, crappy old concrete. So I think it's probably tarmac now. And there was hardly anyone there because it was a bike club meeting in October or something. And he said, you should have a go. You should drive the car. So that seemed like a safe place to uh, do it. So I don't know what my mum was doing at the time, but me and dad went off in the in the three, two through the paddock and out onto that area. So I could drive up and down and go around and there was plenty of space. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so that, that was me. You know, I was maybe 14 or 15 years old or something like that. So I'm driving a 911. So that's pretty cool, just going up, going round, up and down. And because uh, it it's concrete and it's wet, you'd get the tail out. So I started to go, you know, as I was going around, I was not drifting, skidding, I suppose you'd say, skidding yeah. the thing round at the back end out, going up and really getting into it and really enjoying it. And um, and then um, for some reason, I lifted off at the wrong time, like you do in a 911, and ended up in a massive tank slapper. I was completely out of control, proper <laughs> lift off oversteer. And, uh, and we were careering towards the toilet block, which is at oh. the edge of the track. And I was... <laughs> you know, desperately trying to get this thing un, un, under control. It was not under control. And I thought, oh, my God, we're going to take out this bloody toilet block. <laughs> and I just put the clutch in, stamped my foot on the brake, and we just skidded to a halt without hitting the toilet block. I absolutely shit my pants. My dad, I guess, because nothing had happened, thought it was hilarious. And I was like, no, nah, that's me done for today. <laughs> <laughs> i bet yeah if it have ended differently that could have been your first and last drive ever in a 911 <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Could have been. Brilliant. it also sounds like you created the porsche experience center as well i did yeah <laughs> yeah that's and good i feel like i haven't been rightly credited for it in the years since to be honest <laughs> <laughs> brilliant uh, oh, love it fantastic. absolutely love it okay is there anything else to go over could you spread the love oh yeah i forgot about that just thinking of spread the love, a sort of pertinent thing that I've been, I haven't been doing dry January as such, you know, I haven't committed to dry January or I didn't commit to January. Obviously we're in February now. I didn't say, oh, I'm definitely not going to do that. I just kind of got to the end of the festive period and I was just like, oh, I've had enough. I'm going to stay, stay off the booze for, for a while. And um, I've been looking at these sort of at the low and no space as they call it. 
um, where, you know, that stuff you used to, you have to drink, there used to be really horrible, but there's some really good stuff now. And, yeah. um, you know, people have been telling me about Guinness zero that apparently that's brilliant and all that kind of thing. I've been getting this stuff called lucky saint. Uh, it's a, like a lager beer thing, 0.5%. And it gives me a real nice little beer, you know, on a Friday night, you know, you get to the end of the week and you're like, oh yeah, just want that kind of, you know, not a glass of water or a bean or a diet cut, you know, it just gives a little beery drink. And that's really working for me. You know, we're into getting towards the middle of Feb and I'm carrying on in that, in that vein. And it's, um, yeah, it's working for me. So I'm Mass spreading quality, for, for the, you know, the, 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 the massive improvements in the low and no beer space. It, it, it is. It's a, it's a burgeoning sector. Uh, the three of us have all dined out on a lucky saint when we got together for we our have, we? nine we works did, radio yeah. Christmas yeah. party. Yeah. In fact, Lucky Saint, if you'd like to get in touch with the sponsorship uh, of this pod, that would be absolutely wonderful. <laughs> yeah, big time. Big yeah, time. That'd be fantastic. We'd be delighted to be sponsored by Lucky Saint. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, you're right. That 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 whole sector is is quite a nice place to be these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh I've got a little yeah, I've got a little spread the love. Um Dre from Legends Drivers Club on Instagram um wanted to do a little post on Maybe it's a legend. Just <laughs> fucking <laughs> makes me chuckle. Um, but yeah, he put a little post up uh, this week, and uh, so I thought I'd spread the love back. Um, he does the little event that's up at the Westru- West Westrum. That's the right word, isn't it? Westrum, Westerum, Westrum. What's the where Westrum. is it in Kent? It is Westrum. Yeah, pronunciation. Jeez, uh, brewery uh, once a month. He runs that little event, and uh, it's got quite a nice little instagram account which i think we might even rip off the is like little bit about how he does these drivers because i think it's really nice the way he's done it maybe we i saw that post actually I saw, uh, sorry andy i saw you on there yeah little legend andy yeah, yeah, nice yeah. Post that. i love Maybe the sentiment tackle. i love the sentiment by the way we can we can rip off the feature that's the spirit it's really nicely presented it is and andy it's lovely to to see you on there you're you're doing quite a bit aren't you these days i think you're oh, yeah. you're you know you need to get an agent or put, a representative put out there aren't you <laughs> you're all over social media and actually i mean we're on for the benefit of people listening at home we're on zoom this morning and i have to say andy it might be going to your head a bit i'm seeing far more chest this morning than i've ever seen before there's a lot of chest <laughs> <laughs> there's a, bit a lot warm of in the garage this on. morning <laughs> so I, I reckon it's going to your head mate <laughs> yeah so that's my spread the love this week is for dry at um legends drivers club on on insta okay yeah wicked wicked nice to see uh young cos the dog cosmic on there yeah, as well. yeah. little feature yeah yeah, yeah. repping yeah. repping we, we all know dogs bring in the likes on instagram we all know that <laughs> <laughs> right what have awesome. you got lee awesome so yeah i'm going with uh, rma this week because it's worth reminding people that there's a porsche only track day on saturday the 18th of march it's coming up fast as i said on a previous episode we are going to be there um Porsche only it's on a Saturday quite rare to have a track day on a Saturday there is a noise limit it's it's a fairly lenient noise noise limit so a lot of Porsches will be able to get on but it will take out all of like the cup cars and the serious serious Porsche metal that perhaps are more regular attendees to IRA events so it's a good one to dip your toe into if you would like to get involved um head to the RMA website go to the events calendar you'll find it saturday the 18th you can buy your ticket through there as i said before we've got our own nine works pit garage there as well and there'll be other members out in force for porsche park Ferme, 
which is reserved for those who don't want to go out on track just want to attend and, and take a look around it's for nineworks members you'll need to email hello at nineworks.co.uk to be a part of that um, but that side of things is free to just turn up and have a look around if you'd like to join us on track head to that rma website but again i i love what rma do i absolutely love it um overtaking on both sides etiquette is really good actually considering you think okay there's serious metal out there and you can overtake wherever the etiquette is really good it's really professionally run by Leighton and his team um so yeah a lot of love for that look forward to doing a few rma track days this year yeah that nice. sounds good oh cool Are you get involved max Are you get involved uh i am my plan at the moment is to come along to be poor, part part of the porsche park Ferme, in other words that begin with p uh it's the week before i do my cat driver training uh thing so i'm focused on that at the moment but it sounds like such a good do that i'd i would like to be involved and i might even bring my lid along Maybe I think see if I can get a cheeky passenger ride with someone. Wicked. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Excellent. Right. Nice. That wraps so up another episode, yeah, gents. Sign off. Good to see you both. And yeah, good to see you. Good to feel the listeners' warmth in the background. Yeah, that's really nicely put. Absolutely. Thanks to everyone that's signing up to the Driven Not Hidden Collective and also to the upgraders as well. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank you very that. much. See you soon on No Much Radio. Au revoir. Au revoir. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Thank you.